reading this morning is from Psalm 18, which you've all had a nice sneak preview of. Um, Yes. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he rooted them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. 
He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them, to the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. everyone again. It's my privilege to continue this series on praying through and praying with the Psalms this morning. Thanks Naomi, thanks Carmen for reading the Psalm with us. Uh, Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. So as I said, um, if you're new here, we're traveling through the Psalms currently, and and this morning we have reached Psalm 18, which, um, as you will have noticed, it it has some extremely beautiful parts, some some beautiful language of praise that we saw reflected in the song that uh, Kara wrote for us and led us in this morning. And also this, this, this long chunk of the psalm that begins in verse 6 and ends at verse 20 where we read about the servant of the Lord who cries out to God for help. And what does God do? He, he parts the heavens and he comes down to save his servant, to rescue his anointed one. I mean, there are some extremely beautiful parts within this psalm, but, but likewise, there are also some parts that are perhaps a bit more difficult to understand. Verses 20 to 24, we read about David pleading upon his own righteousness. 
verses 37 to 45, we read all this violent language about how David describes how he defeated in a violent way his enemies. In verse 47, we read how God avenged David. What do we do with language like that? Now, thankfully, we, this, is, this is part, this sermon is part of a, of a larger series. And, and we've been addressing some of these questions before. So if you're new here this morning, uh, last week, for example, our, our dear brother and elder uh, David Moffat was preaching on Psalm 17 and really addressed that question of David sort of pleading on his own righteousness before God. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege to preach on Psalm 11 and 12, and I addressed some ways in which we could read and approach some of the violent language that we find in some of the Psalms. And so if you're new here, you can go back to our YouTube channel and, and listen to some of these sermons if you want a bit more in-depth discussion of some of those questions. Because this morning, I don't want to really focus on those questions in particular. This morning, I want to focus on, on the main message of this psalm, which is that our God gives victory to His chosen one, His anointed one, His beloved one, against all odds. Our God gives victory to His chosen one, His anointed one, His beloved one, against all all odds. And, and this chosen one, this anointed one, this beloved one that we read about in this psalm is, of course, David. And, and in fact, you can find Psalm 18 in two different places in your Bible. Um, if you would open up your Bible and go to 2 Samuel 22, you'll find the exact same psalm, maybe with one or two slight changes, rendered there. And you'll find it here in Psalm 18 as well. And in, psalm, and in 2 Samuel 22, this psalm is placed at the end of the long story about David's life. And that story begins in 1 Samuel, where we read, begin to read about David. We encounter David as this young shepherd boy who can play the harp. He's the youngest of eight siblings. And there's nothing, it seems, that, that makes him particularly special from the outside. You know, he's not tall like Saul, his predecessor. He's an ordinary shepherd boy. But God has chosen him to reign over his people and to be victorious over the enemies. And so when we first encounter David, it is when, when the prophet Samuel comes to him, this chosen one of God, and, and Samuel, he anoints David. And we read that after David is anointed, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, falls on David. You know what? The next two stories we read about David, the first one is that in the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he plays the harp for Saul and cures him from the evil spirit that Saul is suffering from. In the second story, we read that David goes in the power of the Holy Spirit and he faces this giant, Goliath, who opposes the people of Israel. And in the power of the Spirit, God gives him victory over this giant. Indeed, as we continue to read the life story of David, 
We read about his battle against many and several enemies. First enemy that he was facing was actually Saul, his predecessor, king of Israel. Because Saul became jealous of David and pursued him and sought to kill him. There were various moments where David actually had the opportunity, if you read through 1 Samuel, to kill Saul instead. But he didn't do it. But Saul's demise is inevitable. As inevitable as the rise of David, the one chosen by God. So 1 Samuel ends with the death of King Saul. And then in 2 Samuel, we continue to read about King David. How he, he now faces all sorts of other enemies. First, the descendants of Saul. Then later, all sorts of external enemies. The Philistines, the Amorites, the Arameans. And he defeats them all. And in the midst of that, we have that beautiful chapter, 2 Samuel 7, where God promises to David that one of his descendants will always sit on the throne, bringing victory to the people of Israel over the enemies. So things seem to go well until you come to 2 Samuel chapter 11, where it turns out that the worst enemy to David is himself. He's his own worst enemy. We read the story of Bathsheba and Uriah. And if you don't know the story, I'd encourage you to go home and, and read it and see what happens there. And after that, it seems that the house of David, that things go, go hayward for the house of David. The enemies come from the inside. First, one of his sons rebels against him. Then another son does something unspeakable. Many of his former allies turn against David. But against all odds, we come to the end of 2 Samuel, and we see how David is victorious over all these enemies. In fact, the, the chapter before 2 Samuel 22, where we read this psalm, is a chapter where, just like David began his career defeating the giant Goliath, 2 Samuel 21, we read about David defeating the offspring of some giants. David defeats his enemies. And I think within that context, some of the language of this psalm that we have just read begins to make a little bit more sense. David indeed was someone who was pursued by the enemy at multiple occasions and cried out to God for help. And yes, God heard his cry. David was someone who sought to live righteously before God, and despite his failures, he was willing to confess his sins once they were exposed. Yes, David was someone who wasn't always very kind to his enemies, and even approved of revenge. But despite some of the questionable decisions that David makes, Despite some of the choices that we perhaps don't understand or wouldn't approve of, there seems to be this idea in all of 1 and 2 Samuel as you read the life story of David that God has given him victory. This young shepherd boy, God's chosen one, God's anointed one, God's beloved one, God has given him victory against all odds. 
And so we read in this psalm how David responds to what God has done for him. He says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. So what about these descendants? If you continue to read the story of the Bible, you read about many descendants of David seated upon the throne. Some of them are more victorious over the enemies than others until we, many generations later, come to this one son of David, a carpenter boy who lives in Nazareth, whose name is Jesus. And like David, he had several siblings They didn't think too much of him, at first at least. And and like David, we read about this moment where God calls him his chosen one. We read about this moment where Jesus goes to be baptized by John. Jesus, the son of David, God's Messiah. And as he rises up out of the water, John sees the Holy Spirit descending on them. This is God's Messiah. This is the son of David. This is, the voice from heaven says, my beloved one. This is, John says, the chosen one of God. And like David, Jesus faces many enemies throughout his career. Perhaps not enemies so much of flesh and blood, but he defeats different enemies. The Gospels call them evil spirits. Spirits that keep people captive. Spirits that oppress God's people. Jesus defeats his enemies. He liberates people from the evil spirits that oppress them. And and you know, the irony is that when you read the gospel stories, it seems that the evil spirits know who Jesus is. Jesus, you are the son of David. You're the Messiah. They know that Jesus, the son of David, has the power to defeat them. But Jesus' followers, everyone else, they don't seem to be able to get it. But, but you know, throughout Jesus' career, some of the expectations begin to rise because of some of the miraculous things that he does and some of the things that he says. And so some people think that this son of David is going to be the Messiah who is going to defeat the actual enemy of flesh and blood. And so we read about this story where Jesus enters Jerusalem and people hail him. Here is the son of David. Here is the king of Israel. Is he going to defeat the flesh and blood enemy? But we know how the story continues. Jesus is arrested, is tortured by his flesh and blood enemy. He's nailed to a cross. And at that moment, at the cross, if we listen to Jesus' words, he is not singing with Psalm 18, with my God, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Instead, he's crying out with the words of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It seems here that at the cross, the son of David is finally defeated by the enemy. But against all odds, 
God the Father raises Jesus from the dead. What seemed to be a defeat in the death and resurrection of Jesus becomes a victory. Becomes the victory of victory. Where we're not, just the, we're not the enemy of flesh and blood, but, but the enemy of enemies, death, is defeated. Where the enemy, Satan, who is in charge of all these evil spirits, is cast out. Jesus, the son of David, against all odds, achieves the victory of victories. And therefore, after his resurrection, he is able to sing with the words of this psalm, he gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. But you know what? There is a third part to this story. And the third part of the story includes us. Because so far we have been reading about the unlikely victory of God that He gives to His chosen, His beloved, His anointed. We go to the New Testament. And you know what we read? Is that in Christ, we, you, I, we are called God's chosen one, anointed by the Holy Spirit, God's beloved one. And in Christ, we can sing this song, Psalm 18, as a song of victory for us. But how can we do that? I mean, if you're here this morning, for, for some of us, you know, perhaps we're coming towards the end of our lives and we can look back on many decades and we can see like David did at the end of his life that, that indeed God has given us victories after victories over all sorts of circumstances and enemies that withstood us in this life. We can see God's faithfulness and the goodness of God as we sang at the beginning of this service. And it might be easy to identify with David in this song and sing this song of victory. But for others, and perhaps for most of us, life continues to be a struggle. I was speaking to a friend, an old friend the other week, who told me that he has trouble waking up in the morning and facing a new day. What is the purpose of life? If there are so many enemies that face us, perhaps in our own heads, perhaps in ways that manifest themselves physically, perhaps because of circumstances that are out of our control. How can we sing a song of victory in the middle of that? And so this week as I was Reading and rereading this psalm, and I was sitting in my car and I was playing this psalm, had someone read it to me over and over again. I was praying to God, God, what, what is it that you want to say through this psalm to us this morning here? And I sense that Jesus began to speak through the words of this psalm to me. 
And I sense that there, that he was saying that this is not just a song that you have to sing, boasting in your victory. But this is a song that Jesus wants to sing over you. And so as I was, what I want to do now towards the end of this sermon is as I was reading and rereading this psalm and was praying about it, I wrote down something that is sort of my own creative rendering of this psalm, and it includes some other passages as well. It's a summary, but many of the phrases in this song, they come from this psalm. And I believe it is a song that Jesus wants to sing over you this morning. A song of victory against all odds. My sister and brother here this morning in St. Andrew's Baptist Church. I saw you before you woke up this morning. I saw you even before you were born. Before you knew that you were in trouble, I already saw it. I saw how the courts of death entangled you. I saw how the courts of the grave coiled around you. But even before you could cry out for help, even before you could call to me, I heard you. Yes, I parted the heavens and I came down for you. I crossed all worlds to be with you. I know the deepest and darkest enemies that oppress you and I defeated them for you. I shot my arrows. I made bolts of lightning come down for you. I reached down from heaven and I took hold of your hands. I drew you out of the waters in which you were about to drown. I brought you up and I seated you, not just back in the place where you were before, not just with both feet on the ground, not just in a broad place, but I seated you with me in the heavenly places because I want you there with me and with my Father. You may think that you do not deserve this, but what you think about yourself does not matter. What matters is what I think about you. And here is what I think. You are righteous. You are pure. Not because of you, but because of me. This is what I have done for you. And even if you cannot see it this morning, even if you don't experience it, it is okay. Because I am turning your darkness into light. With me. You can advance against all enemies. With me, you can scale a wall. I train your hands for battle. That is for battle in prayer. So that you can stand against all enemies, against all the principalities and power, against all the spiritual forces of evil. They will turn their backs in flight. There will be no one left to save them. I will indeed save you from all your enemies. I will save you 
my anointed one, my chosen one, my beloved one. I have made you victorious against all odds. My prayer is that this morning, even if you don't feel it or experience it, I pray that this truth about who you are in Christ and what He has done for you, I pray that this truth will set you free. Amen.